From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. So coming up this week, the conversation we're sharing is from Indie Weekly number 66. And it's uh, Indie Week's founder, Daryl Hurst, chats one-on-one with OG Cree singer-songwriter, Isanabi. He's currently signed to Ishkode Records and is one of Toronto's hottest rising artists at the moment. Now, remember, these Indie Weekly conversations, like the one you're about to hear, are happening live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, that is Toronto or New York Time, um, to see what's coming up and to uh, join us. They're always free. Just head over to IndieWeek.com, check the uh, little Indie Weekly tab there at the top, and see what conversations are coming up in the coming weeks. All right, um, that conversation with Aisanabe is going to be in just a minute, but before that... We begin each Indie Weekly session by acknowledging the land on which Indie Week Inc. is based is the traditional territory of the Wendat, Ashinabe, Haudenosaunee, Métis, and Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. We also must thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, Actor Racks, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, SEMA, City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, and the SOCAN Foundation. Their support is vital to the work we do, and we thank them. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Now, to the conversation. Uh, I want to introduce Aisanabe. Zach and I were actually at M for Montreal last year and uh, saw Aisanabe play, and it was, I got to say, such a refreshing performance. It it really was one of the highlights of the week for me, stood out. And uh, I've been very lucky to have been able to connect and sort of have ongoing chats online and sort of just seeing, uh, you know, Aisanabi, you've had a lot of great shows since then. And I'm seeing a lot of announcements coming up, a lot of great stuff's happening. So uh, we wanted to invite you here to be able to hear your story and uh, hear about what you're up to and where you're going. So uh, if you can, please give a little bit of your background uh, to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, OG Cree, um, singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I recently recently signed with Ishkade Records, uh, one of the first uh, indigenous owned and operated labels in, in the country there. And so, Yes, I started working with them last summer, and it's just been yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind, but in a good way. Yeah, like I never really saw like music like as something I could do as a, a career up until that point, and then yeah, it's just kind of exploded a little bit, and so yeah, like I'm excited to be to be on this journey, especially with with Amanda and Shoshana. That's great, awesome, and I just want to do a quick shout out to Sean tuning in. Uh, Sean always is one of our regulars and he's in treaty eight territory so thanks sean um so we were talking a little bit before and i was you know trying to find some information on you online to be able to you know ask appropriate questions it's hard to find some uh, info but i was able to find a couple of things uh, can you tell there was a story i found online about the work you were doing prior to music and how a certain incident sort of helped make your decision to that's it i'm moving doing music and i believe a song uh came out of it 
called Near to Death. So like, I'm always kind of like, feel a certain way about talking to the job because it was mining. And so I worked in mining um, when I was 12 years old and, and kind of, yeah, yeah, it was like under the table, pretty illegal. But uh, anyways, I, I worked there until I was uh, 19. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I think like, you know, I, I kind of grew up very, very, you know, very poor. And like, so I had like this opportunity to kind of like help out and, and bring, you know, bring some money, you know, and um, so I did that for a while. And I think, you know, I, I always loved playing music. Um, but yeah, for that in particular, though, I think that was the, the last job I worked. Um, yeah, I was snowshoeing, because uh, we would go into like these remote places and this, this the, the last place was like, we had to like take an ice road and then like skidoo like 90 kilometers and build a camp. And then, so we would like work uh, by ourselves the entire time. So, and I was, um, snowshoeing and working and snowshoeing across this river and uh, when I was walking across it the ice broke and so I managed to like stick my axe into the ice and but like the there was like a flowing currents it was like kind of pulling at the snowshoes my my snow pants were filling up with with you know water ice cold water and so yeah i just kind of like pulled myself uh, across this this river and like it it was like almost like slow motion like it was just kind of like oh like this is it this is it like this is where my story ends and um so it was like a, a huge turning point i guess I, I was just kind of like you know if i get out of this i'm gonna like what am i doing here what why am i working this job that like i don't really care for what's it, what it's doing to, to the land and and so i got across started a fire dried off snowshoe back to camp and then yeah moved to toronto shortly after and, and to, to play music it, it when i i i've had to ask because like when i saw that it's like such a such a story like what you just described is often a, like a reality show on hbo kind of thing um and when you hear your music, it's such an honest approach to music. And I felt that that's kind of what really stood out and it's storytelling. Um, how much of that do you pull from to like when you're writing music and such, you know, that's, it's quite, a, you know, having that kind of work, it, it's a, it's quite the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think everybody, I imagine every artist kind of pulls from their own experiences or feelings. I, I would hope, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I you know sometimes when I'm songwriting, I'm not sure, but the process changes from time to time. Like sometimes, like I will have a thought or a concept in mind and just start writing. Um, sometimes too, even just tones and textures really inspire songwriting. Like I'll just kind of you know, start playing a melody and then almost kind of like, you know, this like, sometimes not even singing words and then they just kind of start forming words and then I start building on this thought and it's almost like, I don't know, I feel like I compartmentalize quite a bit. So maybe it's like the subconscious kind of stuff starts coming out and then it like completes this thing. I've been kind of 
pushing back or putting to the side. Um, but yeah, I think songwriting has always been kind of, uh, yeah, just a way for me to kind of process my, my life and, and the world around me, I guess. Yeah, and I love that description um, because listening to your music, it is, uh, at a certain times, like sort of like nice sort of drone, but it builds and becomes more complex, but still there's a delicateness to it. Um, can you sort of, uh, how, how would you actually describe your music? Because I know it's a, it's a hard one a lot of times because I have a hard time describing what genre and, and I know that's putting it in a box, but how for the audience, how would you describe it? Um, I don't know, maybe kind of like dark, folky, soul pop, maybe. <laughs> I come from like a folky background. Growing up in the North, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't like a lot of different genres happening up there. There was like kind of classic rock and metal were like the two big scenes. And, and so, kind of started playing folk music. Well, I didn't actually start with folk music right away, to be honest. I I, I started actually playing reggae music was, was how I started. Um, wow. So um, we grew up in this house without electricity. And so my brother, like we had a generator, which we would like start and at, at night and like I had the CD player and my brother had left a, a few Bob Marley CDs behind and then like moved out. And so I'd listen to these Bob Marley CDs and uh, now that's sort of how I started like teaching myself how to play music. So I remember when I, I, I moved into this, this house of artists when I was about 15 and started a band and uh, we had our first show uh, at this battle of the bands and it was like rock band, rock band, metal band, rock band, and then us and I go up there and like, hey, we're, we're so-and-so and we're gonna play some original music that I wrote and they're like, all right. And so I got like that reggae upstroke going. And, uh, you know, looking how I look and talking how I talk. And then I start singing with like the thickest Jamaican accent you've ever heard. Because <laughs> that was my <laughs> reference for music. And so like sometimes like people are just kind of like, yeah, where's that tone of your voice come from? Like it doesn't sound how you talk at all. And I was just kind of like, I think it was just that moment in the, of, of teaching myself how to sing and really going for that timber, I guess. That, that's really interesting. And it, it, it feels, and I've talked to a number of other artists that, you know, have lived in different areas, but by being in that type of remote situation, you've really had that platform to really create however you felt like creating. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I grew up in Edmonton and it's very be this way or forget it. You're not, allowed to play at this bar and stuff like that um so and i really you know the style that you play it i really find like there's a uniqueness to it and there's this i don't know it, it's really resonated uh, through storytelling but the sounds that you you make it's very people just got to listen to it and i saw zach has dropped the link so if everybody can do a favor go listen to that the, the music because I think it's really unique. Um, so you've got to Toronto and now you're on a record label. What was that process like um, for you? How did how did you get to being just to move to Toronto and how long ago was that? Um, 
to being signed? So yeah, that was actually, so I came down here to play music, um, but then like I was, uh, you know, I, I thought I should have some sort of plan B, I guess, you know, I think my grandmother used to say like, oh, you're gonna have to work 10 times as hard to get half as much. And I kind of just, you know, that was kind of ingrained in my thought process a bit from growing up. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go for music, but I should also like, uh, try to make money somehow. <laughs> and so I, I went to college and I kind of didn't know actually at the time what I was going to do. Um, so I applied to like three things. I applied to uh, nursing and then I applied to massage therapy and I applied for journalism and I got into all three. So I ended up taking journalism. And so, yeah, I went to college and then got a job and, and and so again, like music had kind of fallen to the wayside. So I had like this breakthrough moment, this near-death experience come here and then became a journalist for a bit. And um, so, yeah, and then the, the pandemic hit. And I, I think that's kind of where, where it all happened. You know, like there was this stillness and suddenly like there was all this time available, I guess, that wasn't there before. And so like, I was just like, able to sit down and, and kind of refocus and, and start making music again in a, in a good way. And I think, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happens in that uh, span of a time, but like when, when Shoshona and Amanda had reached out, because um, I met them through the International Indigenous Music Summit, um they called me and they're just like what are you doing uh are you are you like signed with anyone right now and um i had actually just gotten off the phone with like a different label who, who had reached out and um and at that point i was just kind of like you know making music in my bedroom <laughs> um and so yeah, I, I don't know. It's, that's how I met Amanda Shoshona was through the, the International Indigenous Music Summit. Um, were were uh, you at the uh, the last one before the pandemic hit in uh, New Orleans? No, no. So I, I wasn't at that one. Um, just the just the virtual one. Okay. Um, and that was really interesting too because um, you know they everyone got sent like a, a phone to kind of make their videos and. Uh, I guess the original plan was to kind of have like everybody get like camera crews and then like you do like this mini documentary on yourself and kind of talk about who you are and your story and um but like every province at that time was like in a different uh in like a different set of restrictions right so like you know like I think on the east coast like everyone was pretty well couldn't really do leave and and like in bc like i think the snottiness res kids were on it and um like there was a their like restrictions were like a little more loose so like their videos like they're like in the forest and like had all these like crazy drone shots um but in in here like i uh 
yeah, we were only allowed to leave the house to like have exercise and we could like have like our, our bubbles at the time. So I wasn't able to get like the camera crew, but like it just so happened, like someone in my bubble was like a professional camera person. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just like went around like shooting these, uh, these documentaries about who we are. But I mean, at the same time, yeah, like we were only allowed to like leave the house to exercise. So like, I guess part of the documentary, it probably made me look like I exercise more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a way to get around it. Yeah. So, and, and so, yeah, I, I put some into the video and then yeah, Shoshona and Amanda, I, I guess, watched it and listened to the music and they're just like, who is this person? And so we, we talked and, um, yeah, you know, we just really connected, I, I think. And um, yeah, uh, a few weeks later, they called me again and, and told me they were starting this, this new label and, and wanted to uh, wanted us, me to be the first signee to it. And, uh, and I, I remember it clearly too, because um, I, I was at a friend's property, like helping them make a tiny home. And it was just like, uh, they wanted to like wine and dine me, I guess. And I guess like they, they like had, they called like a local restaurant and like had them deliver it. They're, so they were like, where are you exactly? And I was just like, um, it's like this new road that they're still making. So it's like kind of hidden in the bush. Uh, <laughs> um, and so eventually, eventually after several tries, uh, we, we got the, like the food and, and a drink and, and so like, yeah, we, they wind and dine me through Zoom. I was like in my car in the bush eating this, this meal they sent over. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, that's where we started. We, we agreed that we'd be working together. That's, that's incredible. So when was about the, when was that date? Is it like a year ago, year and a half ago? Uh, um, yeah, I, I guess that would have been, I feel like that was like late June or early July. So almost a year ago. Almost a year and, ago. And that's kind of insane. It feels like six months, but like, I guess that it's been. Well, wow. from, from someone being an observer from the outside, but again, this is part of the mystique is hadn't heard of you before. All of a sudden see you at M for Montreal in November. And now I literally cannot not see your name almost anywhere and everywhere um you're playing lots of shows there's festivals um so signing happens take us to sort of like what happens over this what's what's this transition been to be like wow i i see you all over you've got an agent now um talk about that process yeah so we were we were talking to to a few agents and um, and everyone was was so great and so nice. Um, but one thing I remember specifically about so I, I work with Stephanie Purificati and so and we were meeting like everybody through Zoom because it was still like people weren't gathering. And um, and so Steph's like, all right, well, who are you? So I like tell her my story and she's like, you know, she's like, what's the music you're working on and how would you describe it? And so I tell her. And then so 
Like that's the short version. It was like an hour long Zoom. And then at the end of it, she's like, all right, well, this is all great, but I've never seen you play live and I don't know if you suck. And so that, <laughs> that was like the, and so I actually really appreciated that because I think some of the other people we were talking to were just like, yeah, look, this, this is good to go. Let's work. And, and so like, I don't know, it just brought me back to this workshop where there was this uh, booking agent who was doing this workshop. And one thing they said was just, you know, I would never agree to work with somebody I've never seen play because I have to be able to believe in a show if I'm going to you know, try and sell it. Absolutely. And so that that kind of immediately got into my mind and I was kind of like, okay, like, I, I really appreciate that. And so, you know, when we were, were allowed to meet up, uh, so me and Stephanie, um, I brought her to the archery range because that was something I got back into over the, the pandemic. Um, and so we went, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this like free public archery range in in like in the Don Valley, which I didn't know about until like I was like biking up there with a friend, and then like people just came out of the forest with bows and arrows, and was like, so we like went in there and found it. Um, anyways, so me and Steph go there, and this is like our first time meeting in person, and um, we get to the range, and there's this impromptu archery competition happening. And so the people are like, all right, do you guys want to compete? It's doubles. And I just look at Steph and she's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right. So like, I bring her off to the side, I show her what I know. And then she's like, all right, I think I got this. And she's like, I'm just going to take a couple practice shots. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so I. And so she's uh, practicing and then I'm, I'm taking a few practice rounds. And then I just hear like, like, ah, you know, some some swears. I'm not sure if we're allowed to swear on this channel, but anyways, um, so I look over and um, she's like holding her hand and I'm just like, did you like cut your hand somehow? And she's like, she's like, no, I dislocated my shoulder. And I was just like, oh man, like I've seen lethal weapon. Like that's the extent oh, no. of my training on this. Is there anything I could do or should be doing? And she's just like, no, no, no. One, just give me a minute. And so she just puts her arm back into her socket. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, let's go do this competition. And yeah. And so we, we did the competition and we had like 12 out of 36. It was pretty good. But like, I was just like, there's no cooler origin story. <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, all right, we're wicked. We're wicked. That's well, so far the story is mining, snowshoeing, uh, in an icy lake building stuff, uh, tiny houses on a remote area, getting signed, and then archery. Uh, it's, yeah. It is quite the story. It is quite the story. And and the, oddly enough, we have a quite the history with Stephanie as well. She was uh, with us very early on in her career for a moment. Uh, she's awesome, and she doesn't pull punches. And uh, she's very uh, upfront about how she feels. So it, it's cool that she said, like, do you suck or not? And <laughs> and I can see Steph saying that. I can hear her saying that. But uh, but she's a great agent, and yeah. and I think that's the work she's doing. So so you get signed to a record label. Now you get an agent through archery. Uh, 
how how, are, how have things sort of changed for you from that point on? Because you're now building a team around you, yeah, and yeah. and uh, it's you know that's something that has come up in so many of our conversations. How do you get a manager? How do you how do you get an agent? How do you get a label? And and your story seems to be very organic and natural in this progress. Um, so you've got a label, uh, you've got an agent. Is anyone managing you at this point? Uh, yeah. So Amanda Amanda Rayom is, is managing me right now. Um, Great. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, we go and check out her show tomorrow. It's gonna be good to reconnect. We we just surprised her on uh, Friday. It was it was her birthday and album release, and so me and Shoshana, well. I think Shoshoda called me Wednesday and she's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was just like, well, I got this huge photo shoot that we all planned that I got to get up at six in the morning. And <laughs> and so she's like, do you want to open for us in Paris? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like Paris, Ontario. And so we went over there, we uh, played this show in this, this crazy big, like old church. And, um, and so the next day we went to go surprise Amanda. So we like drove all the way from Paris to Ontario uh, to Ottawa and um, yeah, surprised her, but like we we're all so collectively exhausted. And then I had to get up at like six in the morning and drive straight to Toronto to play a show. And um, I think I just went on a rant there. What was the question? <laughs> uh, well, what so so first was like now you've got a manager. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. But then now you've got this team. How how's it different for you as an artist? Like. I'm sure like a lot of workload is taken off and, and, but a team has been built. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's been really amazing. It's like so much incredible support. Like I remember when I signed, they're like, all right, like, well, like for your album, like, did you want to work with any particular producer? And so, um, you know, I just started listening to a bunch of, 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 of like, local producers and was kind of just looking at their repertoires and kind of just seeing like you know what sounds they're working with and like which which sounds would really complement like what i was working on at the time and um and so yeah i ended up like stumbling upon like hill kirkudis's uh profile and at this time i didn't actually know that she produced in shoshana's records too right so i didn't actually know that and so they're like who do you want to work with i was just like yeah like i, I was like i saw hilbert kudis and and like listened to her her stuff and like you know she's like super talented and and um so they're like all right all right all right i think uh i was jogging because um you know, again, I don't jog very often, but that's the only time you're allowed to leave the house. And so I was jogging up the Don Valley and um, I like, I think I posted uh, like a story of me jogging on my Instagram. And so I got like a little notification, like uh, after I posted the video and looked and like Hill Kudis had like responded to that with the fire emoji. And so like, I'd never talked to her at this point. And so like, like she's just a badass right and so like I stopped running and I literally sat there for 20 minutes like just looking at my phone being like don't mess this up be really cool 
And so like, I was like, how do I like continue this conversation? Cause I really want to work with this person. And, um, you know, I just sat there for 20 minutes and it's like, I got nothing. So I was just like literally DM'd him just like, I've been sitting here for 20 minutes trying to think of like something cool to say because you're awesome. I'd love to work with you. And um, yeah, just kind of, you know, progressed from there and we ended up working together. But um, so yeah, I ended up getting to work with, with Hill and, and yeah, like she, Like she just won the, the Juno for uh, best best sound recording engineer of the year. So yeah, yeah the first woman to be nominated for that. And so like that's awesome. But also at the same time, it's like wow, fifty one Junos for that to happen. Like, but um, true. But yeah, so incredible. And so I'm kind of lucky I got to work with her before that, so I could still afford her. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back crypto web3 blockchain metaverse let's be honest most of us don't know what the hell this actually means but it's important and it's going to affect your music business your music career so let's all get past the hype the buzzwords and find out what all this stuff you're hearing about is actually going to mean for you and the music industry Plus, it would be nice to also connect with innovators, thinkers, the folks leading the way in this tech frontier. Meet us at Screen by Screen from February 7th and 9th. Plus, our online platform also helps you kickstart relationships with other artists, creators, and professionals. So meet us there February 7th and 9th, 2023, Screen by Screen. That is screenxscreen.com. And we're back. Well, it, it's amazing. Like, I mean, you've got really quality people uh, gathering around you. And, and Hill, the funny part is uh, she played for Indie Week. I think she was 16 playing as Drowning Girl. We had to sneak her into Sneaky D's. Um, but uh, it's been great to see her career develop as well. Um, so again, it's a very organic story. And, and the, most of the questions we get from artists is how do we find these people? And, and I feel if you're really good and focusing on what you're doing, people will start discovering you. Um, and it sounds like that's, that's very much a lot of the case. Like you've got a very honest background on a story, on a sound. It's not fabricated and trying to fit the mold of what's hot now, what's the biggest fad and things like that. And I think that that's what really stands out. So uh, again, so now, uh, when did the, you finish your recording? Uh, with Hill? Um, well, it's actually, actually recently, because um, we started uh, November and, uh, well, the recording for the most part, I think was, was wrapped up pretty quickly because we're just like, this would sound cool. This would sound cool. And I mean, the process can go on for, for a minute. Um, right. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, so we just finished up recently. It's going to be going to mastering soon. So, so unreleased yet? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and this would have been... this would have happened since M for Montreal then, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, actually, because um, M for Montreal, I think, was mid November, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, we would have been in the studio for a little, a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was awesome, and and. Yeah, like we've had a few recording sessions, and one one I remember in particular because like, um, 
we were recording at John Dinsmore's studio up uh, Lincoln County, up on DuPont there. We were like tracking some drums and uh, yeah, what happened? July Talk had like DM'd me on Instagram and they're just like, what are you doing tonight? And I was just like, uh, and then they sent another message being like, we know you're playing in Ottawa next week, but our, our opener can't play. So if he can play, it's just a, it's a sold out show at the Bronson Center. And I was just kind of like, I did, like, I'm not, I did look at flights and I was like, if I leave now, I can make it, but I should probably like stay and record my album. So, <laughs> so I was, it was super surreal, like kind of turning down July Talk. I was just like, who am I to be turning down July Talk? Like, this is, like I saw them play Way Home, like I think five mm. years ago was that yeah. like, first Way Home. Yeah. And I'd gone to see Courtney Barnett and they played right after and yeah, they weren't really on my radar at that point. And when I saw them, I was just like an instant fan. And so to get that message was just kind of like, man, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, so that didn't. Uh, so I have to ask a question with the journalism background. Are you actually journaling your story? And I almost feel it needs to have a title of, are you doing something tonight, tomorrow, because uh, it seems to be that's been the constant uh, thread of this story uh, with a lot of the spontaneous sort of uh, uh, opportunities that come your way. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been pretty like, yeah, it's been pretty touch and go a lot, but it's kind of like, like, honestly, I didn't even think I'd be playing any many gigs this year. I thought like everyone would be honoring, you know, like the old contracts from like two or three years ago. And and so, yeah, like when things have come up, I've been like, well, I think there's this chunk of time. So I think it's possible. I think we could do it. And yeah, so yeah, Steph's been really happy about that. <laughs> She's just like, all right, let's do it. Because um, yeah, there's there's some that are just like, um, yeah, really like, like we're, I'm going to like Czech, Czech Republic at the end of, uh, end of next month. And I'm literally, like that was one of the shows where we're like all right well we have the anchor gig let's try and find a couple around but like everywhere was was just booked up solid because everyone's out playing now and everyone's releasing music so i'm literally just like flying all the way over there playing a gig sleeping and then flying like all the way back and then <laughs> going up to a cowboy so uh okay a couple of extra questions and there's some questions that i want to ask uh so at to this point, what's your highlight? What what has been the op like the highlight that you've had so far that you were will carry with you? Oh man, that's a really that's a really that's a really tough one. I don't know. I think I think because so many of them are on like the same level, and I think it's just kind of you know it's going to be ongoing. But I think just working with the team and growing with them, like. Even even for you know Monday out it was it was really nice for like yeah for like you know Amanda brought me out and like just having like funny little adventures and like I don't know uh, every, every part of the the journey but just kind of sharing that with people and 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 the group I think and and just yeah I don't know just just having fun together I guess because at the end of the day like. You know, we have to be doing things that kind of 
make us happy. So yeah, it's nice right. to, to do that, but also do that with, with friends. <laughs> All right, question number two of the three that I'm thinking. Uh, for what you have upcoming, you might've already said it, what is the what is the thing you're looking most forward to in like say the next six to twelve months? Um, well, I think I think being able to release the the album, um, I I think I, I'm like yeah I'm pretty looking looking forward to that a lot. Like we've been working on it for for a while, and like you know it's a really really kind of personal body of, of work um, you know because it didn't start out with like it didn't start out as as a record right like it started out with like just a series of conversations with my grandfather and then progressing this record that I thought I would be working on for like years and just kind of really take my time because like I think before the pandemic uh, was in Canada like playing shows and I was like all right this is going to be the year then everything kind of shut down and, and I was kind of just like all right you know what like I'm fine just to to make music because I love doing it and you know and so like the, the pressure was kind of off there and so yeah just started really making music for myself I guess and and yeah I don't know do we have how much time do we have We've got time. We've got time. Yeah, because I, I guess like yeah, at the at the start of the pandemic, um, I had dropped my grandfather. I didn't care. When I came back, um, like I was still kind of working working in the news, and we're we're doing stories on like different outbreaks at different long term care homes, like every second week it seemed like, and. You know, it was just devastating for a lot of a lot of places. I was just kind of worried there would be an outbreak at, at his home, so I ended up having conversations with him, calling him every day, and then you know that you know you can only talk about certain things for so long, like just small talk, I guess. And so we ended up talking about you know thing things. I guess I was always kind of like scared to talk to him about. You know, because he's always been kind of like the rock of the family and, you know, hardworking and very, you know, stoic. And, and and so, like, to talk about, like, a lot of traumatic things and, like, you know, because we started talking about what he remembered about growing up in Sandy Lake and, like, you know, working on the trap line with his his, his brothers um, and, his, and his dad and, but then he got put into residential school, so we, you know, we started talking about that. Um, and I guess, yeah, like you know, what, like you know, his his memories were kind of like fading a little bit at that time because his health wasn't so good. So like, part of me, I guess, was just like worried that like this family history and how he got from A to B would kind of just be forgotten. Um, so I'm not sure if it was kind of the journalist that kind of kicked in and I was just like, do you mind if I start like recording our conversations? And so my grandfather was, yeah, like, of course. So I basically was like interviewing my grandfather for, for like a good majority of the first half of the pandemic. 
yeah, you know, after that, I think six months, and I was just kind of listening back to the, the recordings, and, you know, there's just certain parts that really struck me, and so I was like, I was actually playing guitar at the time, and then kind of just wrote a song, and and I was just kind of like, you know, this is kind of how I could kind of, you know, write down and record our story in some way, and this was like, before, like, I met Amanda and Shoshona, and before anyone knew who I was and I was just kind of like all right like I'm just gonna like you know tell a bit of the story and kind of make some some songs and some music and and you know at least something will be there and it's like it won't be forgotten um and so yeah the the, the album is kind of these stories that I, and conversations I had with my grandfather about his life and, and, you know, and kind of my own personal reactions to some of those stories as well, I guess. Wow, that is such a, such, such a story to share with us. I got to say thank you for that. Um, you'll carry that with you forever. And I think that that's such a meaningful thing that has come out of this weird times, as we say. Um, so, and it's, it's funny, like reflecting just a, in my own uh, very similar thing. My, my mom had remarried a Japanese man who went through internment camps uh, during the war. And when he was also older, uh, she did this exact same thing and wrote a book about it. So, I re it really resonates with me when when you say that because my mom did the exact same thing with my stepfather, um, and so so yeah, like when you get to release this music, that's going to be like huge for you. Um, what are you looking for the future? Like, what's what's your aspiration to like if you could be anywhere in in the next say five to ten years? Where do you want to be? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I would like to be just continuing to make music, you know, I think now that I've, like, it's, it's like, wow, this is something I, this is something people do, <laughs> this is something people can do, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I just want to be making more music and, and releasing more music and kind of just telling more stories and, and, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully playing in different places and getting to to travel and, and like I would love to go on tour and, and, and kind of go to, you know, go go to like Europe or, or anywhere really. I, you know, I think so much inspiration comes out of that of just kind of getting to experience other people's cultures and, and other places. And I feel like every time I have yeah, just try something new. Like you, you always get a burst of inspiration, and and so yeah, I don't know. I I, I just want to keep releasing more and more music. Love it, love it. Um, I got to ask a couple questions. Sean's asking them in the chat here. Uh, what does your name mean? Yeah, so Asen Abbey, uh, it's OG Cree. Uh, it means the people. And so Asanabi is actually the westernized version of Anishinaabe. And so that's actually my family name. Um, so 
yeah, like my mother changed my last name when I was born. Uh, so it isn't Aston Abbey because she thought it'd be easier in life for me if people, you know, didn't think I was, uh, didn't think I was indigenous. And so, you know, her and my grandfather, you know, both grew up in, in, in much different times. So, so that's, uh, you know, taking back the name has been kind of an important part of, of just kind of reconnecting and, you know, reclaiming my identity and, and where I come from. Absolutely. And that, that's, you know, I said at the top before, like doing a land acknowledgement, how important it is for us to realize our indigenous backgrounds and, and, you know, um, there's the talk of reconciliation and, and I was very lucky to be at, I brought up a New Orleans uh, Indigenous Music Summit. I was one of a handful of allies that were invited and uh, a big part is listening and, and understanding and, you know, to try to move forward. Uh, it's, there's a lot of healing that needs to take place. Um, and I think through the work that you're doing by sharing it through your songs, I think is going to be a big part of that. Um, and, and I very much, uh, appreciate that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an odd time in Canada right now, um, with a lot of the discoveries, but I think it's, uh, becoming to, to that realization that, you know, we have to, we have to heal. We have to hear, hear the stories, uh, to be able to move forward together. Cause I think that that's such a big, big, important part. And then traveling and culture is also helps in that too, I believe. Um, Sean's asked a few more questions and I just want to make sure I do address them. Um, what would be your top few artists that you find or draw your influences from? Um, The list, the list goes on. Um, but as far as like people who have like compared me, I've been like, yeah, I guess that like, I listen to like a lot of Matt Corby, um, a lot of soul music too. Um, but um, yeah, as, as far as what influence is around this record, um, yeah, it's like Matt Corby, I was listening to a lot of Charlotte J. Wilson at the time, um, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of drawing blanks right now. But um, <laughs> that's okay. I, I think I, I think in your case, a lot of it is you draw from your life experiences. You know, it, that's that's what comes through in your music. Um, yeah. Uh, another question is, uh, who would be on your list of artists or poets to work with? And that could mean a collaboration. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that is also an extensive list. Um, I, I, I would love to work with uh, uh, like Snotty Those Res Kids. And so, like, we had actually, I got to play the honoring ceremony at the Junos, which, which actually, uh, uh, like Amanda was kind of surprised. She's like, "How did you get on that? Like, the nominees are supposed to play that." And so, I'd, I'd actually like met the producer at, at a sweat lodge. And uh, so, anyways, and long story short, um, I uh, I got to play the honoring ceremony, and like I remember just walking across the stage and then like looking out, 
and I was fine, but I think I, I got nervous after I looked into the audience and I saw like Bonwood and Snotty Rose Rails Kids and like just basically all this indigenous music royalty. And I was just like, oh man, <laughs> I was like taken, taken back for a second. I was just like, all right, all right, just play the song. And um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, after that, um, I think it was the, the next day, like, uh, Snotty Rose Redskins, we, we bumped into them at like one of those after things and uh, they were just like, yeah, yeah, we really loved your set, man. And we'd, we'd love to, we'd love to make, make a song together whenever we can make that happen. And I was just like, yeah. So I, I hope that's in the books. Um, I think we are actually going to be at a songwriting camp at the same time. So maybe, maybe it'll be another one of those organic things that just kind of what do you do tonight? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I don't think the camp's too far away from my house, too. So I might just be like, hey, you guys want to come to my studio? And I'll try and have air conditioning in there by then. I don't want to, like, have the <laughs> have them in my hot, sweaty summer studio. But we'll, maybe. If, if there is, but if there was any artist in the world, anywhere, who is your sort of top that you would love to work with? Oh, man. I'm pushing you for an answer on this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, that's a really tough one, actually. Um, nothing coming <laughs> yeah well at least it's yeah like if they because are you like who's like the biggest celebrity you'd ever want to work with um i don't know i kind of like i don't know, like maybe like like feist or like saint vincent or mm, good you know, choices I'm really, I'm really inspired by you know just like really melodic voices and singing and kind of just really yeah like even Florence and the Machine would be awesome. Like I, I've been listening to that new song King for a while. It's just like I don't know. I, I love that. That's awesome. Um, so so tell us like what you've got coming up, uh, uh, show wise. I know, I know the album's coming out, but uh, what kind of shows? Just to give a bit of a plug and where people can find you online. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think the next shows. Let me pull up my phone. <laughs> I should know this, but um, that's what you have an agent for or a manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the ninth, I'll be playing uh, at the mall. <laughs> it's because uh, I'm playing the uh, Luminato uh, Luminato Festival on the on the twelfth. Um, like we're, we're going to be playing there at Young and Dundas at four thirty, uh, like a six piece band. Um, so I'm really kind of excited to do that. Um, but I guess, yeah, Luminato, uh, they're going to have me play at the mall on the ninth, um, which will be interesting. Cause I saw, I was like, I saw a bunch of videos from like the Juno stories of like, cause I was like wondering how that would work. But then like, you know, I saw like, uh, Fawn Wood and JP Sachs, they both kind of set up there and I was kind of like, okay, not bad. Like, I was just kind of wondering if that'd be awesome or be 
cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that one. And um, we got something else uh, on the um, on the tenth. I'll be playing in King City at, at the I think this this craft beer festival. And then the eleventh, there's something kind of exciting happening, but I think it's still yet to be announced. Um, so. Got yeah, it. it's, busy. it's a busy week, but in a good way. Um. <laughs> you're, you, that's the thing. Like you, you've definitely, like I say, you're starting to see your name announced at a lot of different events and and so on. Uh, it's been exciting to see, and also to just hear your story and how down to earth you are and humble and uh, appreciative. It's it's just a real pleasure. I gotta say to see how your career is developing uh, over time. Uh, over a short period of time, I got to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I'm excited to see where it's going to be. I'm excited to see 12 months from now. Um, y- you know, uh, I think, and I see Zach's dropping in all the links in the sidebar, which is good. Uh, I think if everybody could, again, just go check out uh, your music. And you mentioned there, you're playing with a six-piece band. Normally, I see you as a solo artist. Is this something yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of new on the horizon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I, I got invited back to uh, to Blues Fest again this year, and so I kind of wanted to like, go there and do, yeah, do something fresh, I guess. So, um, yeah, you know, so yeah, Alex Alex Bordakis had kind of uh, and and to staff, and I was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, like is is Ace and Abby gonna be playing? solo or a band for for Living Robert and like it's you know kind of hinted that like it'd be great to see you with a band and so I was like all right yeah like and so yeah I had messaged uh some like I had this list of musicians I was like all right and so I, I messaged like everyone at the top of it no, <laughs> everyone I asked said yes and um and it was phenomenal and yeah, we our first practice. I was just like, I I wasn't expecting it to go as well as it did, to be honest. Like, cause like, but I mean, they're so professional that like I got there and they like, like I was the one who kind of fumbled through my own song. Like that was the kind of I <laughs> <laughs> was kind of the funny part. But no, um, and it was it was awesome. Like, it's just working with like you know, these session musicians and and. Um, you know, I think two people, there's like one track that has like this ambient noise, which is, it's, it's like a pitched, a pitched vocal effect. Um, but it kind of sounds like, like a bird almost. And so actually like both the keyboardist and the guitar player had actually created that sound. So when we played the song, they both fired oh. those in there and it was- it's just it was just really cool things like that too like i wasn't expecting anyone to like come prepared with samples from the tracks i said and uh yeah and for like everyone to know the songs and like because i know even the drummer had played like you know four weddings that weekend and had to learn like 50 songs or something and then like you know came to play with us and like i think he had like 14 songs or something and just everyone knew the tracks and yeah that was awesome <laughs> wow well i i look forward to seeing you at, uh perform uh solo or with band um 
the time goes by super fast as always. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing the stories. Uh, it's been great to hear. Hope to see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Tech Industry Conferences, Indie Week, Indie 101, Music Pro Summit, and Screen My Screen. Um, so yeah, if you've been enjoying this, leave us a radio review in the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use for your podcast. And uh, follow and share us on social media. Um, we're across, Indie Week is across uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all those good things. And of course, just head over to IndieWeek.com to stay on top of everything that we're doing. All right. Hope you're well. Stay safe. We'll see you back here again next Thursday.